Bridgestone Tires just rolled into Midas. And if you roll in, we've got an exclusive deal for you. Get $70 back in Bridgestone rebates plus a $50 reward card with paid installation. Shop Bridgestone Tires at Midas.com. It's time to saddle up and hit the trail to Royal Farms Chicken Palooza, folks. Right now, get a two-piece world-famous chicken box for just six bucks, or try a classic spicy or deluxe world-famous chicken sandwich. Plus, enter to win world-famous chicken for a year. So gallop on over to Royal Farms Chicken Palooza, y'all. It's for a limited time only, so the time is now. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Ten cents from each chicken box sale will benefit local charities. Millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and seed to the far corners of the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom, kingdom of heaven. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization. Most of the people in here are just your reflections. They're your mistakes. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. One million of the planet's eight million species are threatened. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Your lives and the credibility of the United Nations is at stake. Epstein didn't kill himself. The reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization. They're trying to take you out with bullshit. The experience of the past two years has proven beyond doubt that no nation can appease the Nazis. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. In the language of the U.S. Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena. Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. Uh, there is very compelling evidence that we, uh, we may not be alone. This is the Garden of Doom. Welcome, everyone. It's Garden of Doom. And this week, I, I cannot tell you how long it's been for me to put together a show where anyone, anyone with any credibility would talk to me about the rebooted version of Battlestar Galactica. And so on a recent episode of Garden Views, uh, I had my guest Matt Williams on, and he's a science and space journalist, and he's also a science fiction author. So in that conversation, we start talking about some of our, you know, favorite science fiction shows. I actually think I presented the question to somebody like, who got it wrong, who got it right, but, you know, and, and it was a real question, but I'm always using it to try to find out who's interested in the in the shows I love or the shows I hate. Um, so it turns out that, that Matt uh, loves Battlestar Galactica, the rebooted episode, and uh Another show I love, Babylon 5, but today we're going to focus on Battlestar Collective. But first, we're going to say hello, Matt. Matt, thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, and just tell the folks you are in case the, the, they didn't listen to the Garden View show. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so yes, uh, my name is Matt Williams, uh, and I'm a science communicator. Um, so what that means is I, I write space and astronomy related articles for Universe Today and uh, interesting engineering. Um, but I also I also do a lot of writing about the future, futurism, uh, technology, and society in the future, and. Um, well, that is uh, that that is part of why I also write science fiction. My, I'm just endlessly fascinated with the uh, with those things. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I have a podcast series that is uh, that will be launching uh, imminently on an ITSP magazine's channel. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm also going to be uh, teaching a course in the fall through the Kepler uh, Space Institute um, about Mars, Martian exploration, and Mars in pop culture, and that includes science fiction. Um, that that's a pretty good uh, pricey, I, I think, of that there. And oh, one other thing: there's a, a book's coming out soon um, that was uh, put together by NASA scientist uh, Les Johnson, and uh, who, who was also heavily involved in science literature and including science fiction. Yeah, and they they put together a book about how humans could settle on uh, planets that orbit red dwarf stars soon. And I contributed a technical paper on, on how they could actually terraform planets around red dwarfs so that they'd be more uh, accommodating because there's plenty of in, in indications that, that show that they might not be, but. Perfect. Okay. So folks, a few things for those of you who are usual garden of doom listeners and you're not really interested in the pop culture stuff, stick around because this show ties everything in together. We're going to talk about a lot of your favorite questions and topics as well in the context of Alistar Galactica. Also, I need you all to understand that I'm old enough to remember that Battlestar Galactica was first a movie and then was a TV show starring Lauren Green and Richard Hatch, who actually is in the, in the show we're going to be talking about. And this is not necessarily about the original Battlestar Galactica. It's going to be largely about the reboot series, which was taken much more seriously. Though there are some throwbacks, there's some Easter eggs, some of the technology is the same, some of the older models of the Cylons and the radar Raiders. And every now and then, the old Battlestar Galactic sort of played with bigger concepts. Uh, like they had a, like a, 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 I think it was a two-part episode where they got, found this giant, like, white starship moving through the universe. And when the, 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 the colonial pilots got there, their uniforms magically turned to white. And there was someone named Count Iblis there, who at the time, like, Count Iblis, that's evil. Well, well, it was, but, but I, I later learned that Iblis is like, this like the Sumerian version of like Baal or 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 some like prince of prince of uh, Hades, so some prince of hell in the Bible. Iblis is actually just a either a Sumerian, Babylonian, or Canaanite uh, translation of the, of the same thing. So some even there's some cool stuff there, but this is not going to be that that show with Boxy, the campy little you know robot. So this Battle Star Galactica came out. Probably in the early aughts, I think it was a five-year series. Um, they had a follow-up movie, which was actually a bit, a, a bit of a prequel. Not exactly. Well, they had a show called Caprica, which was a prequel. And then they had a movie afterwards called The Plan, where I think they spent it trying to explain why they didn't really quite have a plan. But we're going to explore all that. So 
Battlestar Galactica, the premise. I, I think I've spoken for a bit, so let's let Matt give the premise so he can take so he can have his turn. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, to t I'm trying to tie the uh, original and the the newer one together. Um, but basically, the idea was that humanity lives on twelve worlds in in this uh, future. They're known as the Twelve Colonies, and uh, yeah, they've been at war with the Cylons for some time. Uh, there's an opportunity for peace, which turns out to be a big, fat uh, betrayal and uh, sneak attack. And basically, humanity is brought to the edge of extinction from that. And so they've got to pick up the pieces, and the only thing they've got to go on is uh, there is a legend of a 13th tribe, a 13th colony called Earth, and it's the only place we have to go, the only the only direction, the only solace we have. So they are returning, or they're heading for this uh, sort of promised land. Uh, they're they're having this big, huge exodus. What's left of humanity is now trying to get out of Cylon-controlled space and and make it all the way to Earth. Um, in the original, um, something I found kind of intriguing. The Cylons were actually robots. They were created by an alien race, which they, um, which has uh, all but gone extinct. They sort of reveal over time. Uh, but in the reboot, they decided that um, a lot of their older, campier sci-fi elements—they were just going to ditch those. So, um, in this, in the updated universe, humanity is alone as far as intelligent life is concerned. They haven't met any alien species. Haven't found any evidence of them. Uh, and the Cylons were created by by humanity. And so it became this classic, you know, our our, our inventions turn against us there. We, we gave them sentience, and then they wanted to, well, you know, use it and be free. Um, but at the same time, yeah. So that's, yeah, the, the Cylons uh, in, in the updated series, it's that they, they fought us in the past. They fled from our known universe, and now they've, they've come back after... I think 20 40 years or so it was 40, it was 40 years yeah. 40 years so yeah what there was a, a a war where the cylons who were uh yeah. as matt said correctly were our inventions they basically are our servant class they they discovered the singularity you know terminator style um and you know decided to go to war uh and uh, at some point i guess it was a stalemate or whatever and they left and the show picks up 40 years after that war ended, so to speak. But there's an embassy somewhere in space, and every year a diplomat from Earth is supposed to meet a diplomat from Cylon. And every year for the previous 39 years, nobody shows up. This year, uh, the doors open up. Two Cylon centurions come come in. They, they look much more modern and sleek than, than the ones that we remember from the, from the old 1979 show. Um, and also comes this slinky blonde uh, wearing this red dress, which is always always perilously just one gravitational degree from falling off, which, you know, was magnificent mm -hmm. in its own way. And the, obviously the colonial envoy is surprised, doesn't know what to make of it, and he's sort of stumbling, stuttering for words. And she starts speaking to him. He thinks that she's human. Um, and basically she reveals while she's seducing him and really there was, he had no chance cause he's some regular, you know, middle-aged, you know, schlub. And well, she's like, you know, every man's fantasy. Um, and she starts kissing him and reveals that 
she's a robot too and then she her kissing becomes basically killing him <laughs> basically you know uh you know tearing him up from the inside and you hear his screams and then the war starts so Battlestar Galactica it, there's like two aspects to it there might be more than two so one is sort of the reality of space science and how it evolves so you have the Cylons use nukes for instance they talk about gravity there's a situation where and we'll probably get to all this but you know the internet or wireless is a major reason why there's a Battlestar Galactica there's things like water shortages and food shortages labor shortages there's definitely caste systems and there's there's different religions um and it gets really meta so there's also the spiritual side but the spiritual side has many many levels and i don't think it's an accident that it was the 12 colonies they're loosely named like our our uh, constellations you have caprica and, and gemini and and um I, I don't know if they were all the constellations but they were they were all constellations um and yes, yeah. there was a 13th lost tribe. There was a lot of symbols. But the interesting thing is that the humans were pagans. They believed in the gods, whereas the Cylons, it turns out, were monotheists. They believed in a god. So it was a strange sort of juxtaposition and, and sort of a bigger question is like, what is evolution? So I don't know really where to start. I don't know if you want to start with sort of like the sciencey stuff, which they sometimes remembered. And so, like one of the things I remember <clears throat> is like, Early on, the Cylons in one of the first episodes bombed the water supply. And it was a great visual. It explodes from the outside. The water goes out. It instantly turns into crystal because it freezes instantly. And the colonists have no water. Um, but the Cylons never do that again. Like the, It seems like there were plenty of times where they could have taken them out. And, and we don't know why, why they didn't. Uh, and, and I think like almost from episode five or six, the, the writers were trying to retrofit the rest of the series to to explain why they were ready to nuke everyone, um, but didn't. So I, I don't, I, you know, you can sort of chime in here. I, I think this is probably because yeah. I, I don't really know where to end. You know? Yeah. Well, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, one thing that I, 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 I absolutely adored the first two seasons of the, uh, well, the, the uh, first season and the first half of the second season, it, it had me completely and utterly hooked by that point, right? So, and I watched it all, all the way through to completion. Um, but yeah, the uh, it was very complex and layered to the point that it, it did feel helpful when, uh, yeah, the, the plan came out and they were like, Let, let's show this from the, the backstory here, the from the Cylons point of view who were like embedded with the fleet and what they're doing. And, and I remember just thinking, it's like, oh yeah, okay. So that's that's it. Cause a lot of the time throughout the the, the series, I was kind of like, what, what, what's their goal here? What's the Cylon's goal? Why are they, you know? Yeah, they tried to wipe out humanity. This fleet of refugees is fleeing. Are they, are they not trying to wipe them out here? Or are they just studying them for propaganda purposes or, or, or uh, just to see what they do? Um, but yeah, it's um, well in terms of the the technical stuff. Yeah, that I thought was one of the most brilliant things. They show like in the very first episode, right, where you mentioned the, uh, the the diplomatic station where they're meeting, right, and the diplomats looking at papers on on the Cylons, 
and they're very clearly at a date, right? It's like, this is what they looked like when last we saw them, and it's designs from the original show. And I thought, oh, that's genius, right? They, uh, they yeah. The museum, right? Yeah. And it's like, uh, well, we don't acknowledge the events of the previous show. No, we're, we're sort of recreating that, but we're going to take all of the campy 70 look, 70s looking um, robot designs and spacecraft designs, all that. And we're going to say that's from the last war. And then of course, in come these brand new looking Cylons. It's like, whoa, they, they, they got way, way, way more streamlined and efficient and, oh, they can look like us now too. They're flesh and blood and, and yeah, and the fact that they had a religion, oh, well, pinning that, yeah, sorry, keeping with the technical stuff, that was also a very brilliant explanation for why the Galactica looked the way it did. It's like, this is a 40-year-old warship, but it's from a time when basically having networked computers, having all this wireless technology was a liability because the, the Cylons, you know, that's how they were connected. They could hack into any system instantly and there are you know so much smarter in terms of, of computing and programming and code that the, that's how they would that's how they'd kill you they'd shut your systems down and paralyze you and then just roll over and destroy you so they had to they had to yeah go old tech they had to have uh wired transmitters and phones hand crank things and, and non-network computers and it's like uh word i'm looking for is analog yeah they had to go analog I wonder, yeah. If I may, I mean, th this this part is so amazing, but it's also a giant problem. Okay, so first of all, the commander is Adama, played by uh, Edward James Olmos from Miami Vice fame. But Adama, Adamu, Adam, I mean, duh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Got of breaks. But Adama was the one who refused to let the Galactica be wireless. And the mm -hmm. Cylons were able to take the colonists by surprise because the same beautiful version of, of the woman had seduced one of the main scientists um, in Caprica, which was like the capital planet, and basically hacked into the defense system. And so they basically shut it down, and so they were able to nuke everyone. Now, that's why Galactica was able to escape, because it wasn't part of the wireless, so they didn't know where it was. Here's the problem. The problem is, like Matt said, the Cylons were trying to annihilate the humans. Only later on did they say that they weren't, and they explained why. And it also has to do with 12. So apparently the, the, the skin jobs, that's what they called the human-looking Cylons, they only knew who some of them were. There were five missing versions. So there were also going to be 12 of them. And, you know, it, it, in you know we have 12, our, our day is broken up into 12 hours, two segments of 12 hours. We have 12 months. We have 12, 12 constellations. There's really no particular reason for that. It just is one of those things that we do. I mean, even even if you follow the procession of the constellations with the sun, there's actually 13 constellations, and we have 12 months because the Romans inserted two and, and things like that. But it, it's interesting where the 12 comes from. Maybe this is where the 12 comes from. However, they could have cured this so easily because they had the, I'll just call them skin jobs, embedded in parts of the fleet, and there was a tech on the Galactica, and, you know, and, and they, they could have just at some point closed that plot loophole by saying, you know, our source on the Galactica tells us that it's wireless and we just need a few humans to survive. We can find the five in, in, in like a, a sample of 1% of the population, but and mm -hmm. they, they never closed that even in the movie, The Plan. So there was always this sort of gaping hole 
when you watch it week to week, I don't know that it's so obvious, but when, like, the second time I watched it, I binged watched it on Peacock, and there's a lot of things that, that, like, that became very glaring and really bugged me. Also, if Apollo ever did all the things he did in, in that sort of real time, like, <laughs> they, they would have shot him, like, you know, you know, yeah. I was supposed to keep forgiving father or not. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. I think he was probably the character I liked the least on that show, even though he wasn't even the bad guy. Like, Bal- yeah, Baltar's character I thought was brilliantly executed by I, I don't know the actor's name, but yeah, it's like yeah, he he is the villain in this, but yeah, whereas he was a over the top, uh, cackling, big eyed, big haired uh, evil guy in the original. It's like no, in this one, he's he's weak. He is. Uh, he's a genius. He's also a narcissist, and yeah, he he's got suffers from all the the frailties of of uh, being human there, and so yeah, that's that's why they picked him. That's why they used him. He's sort of like Loki from uh, Tom Hiddleston's Loki a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, yeah, and and you're right. The uh, the Judeo Christian themes, the and I mean they they tap into a lot of them and. Uh, they, they did it in a much more blatant way in the original, right? It's like uh, the pilots wear those helmets that look like Egyptian headdresses. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, clearly we're going for a real Greco-Roman, but also Egyptian kind of themed thing. Um, and uh, yeah, in this one, it's, yeah, they're, they're sort of going, it's like, yeah, we got uh, the Egyptian, we got the Mesopotamian themes and the biblical ones that, that come from that too. And, but we've got the classic gods right yeah they these these guys all uh they worship the 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 lords of cobal i think there are 12 gods too mm-hmm. yep yeah and um yeah and it's so interesting to see it's like yeah the cylons have created this religion for themselves they're robots who are religious fanatics oh just genius and um yeah and some of them were more religious than others there were some like they, yes. they, they didn't agree with each other it was amazing <laughs> yes and and yeah, it just it was really cool to see and and well yeah um and I did uh, I do know that at one point in the series right uh, yeah part of the reason where they decided to stop hunting the Galactica but then you know we're still pursuing it it was like this is very this is a very interesting psychological thing and it it really works with the whole idea of of AI as our children right it's like. Um, Basically, the Cylons came back after 40 years because they figured we will never exist while the humans were there. Yeah, 40 40 years. 40 days, 40 years, 40 nights. Yeah. Yeah. So much 40. That's like, yeah, why that amount of time there? Oh, we we cannot know God's plan. God just seems to, I don't know, like uh, certain numbers. So, yeah. You're going to spend 40 days in the desert looking for truth and, you know, and uh, whereas your guys are going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And yeah. So yeah, I, I very deliberately use the words like Exodus and uh, promised land because of course it's like it. And yeah. And that too, the way they said it, because I, this was something there that I thought there is a brilliance in this idea that yeah, life here began out there and no, no, no. And it's like, so are we looking at the future? Like human beings went out into space and colonized far, far away from Earth? Uh, or are we looking at the past here? Is this the foundations of all our ancient civilizations came from these guys? And it was no coincidence uh, that 
these are who our gods were and and this is how our, our iconography worked because well it's just like what they brought with them right the weird egyptian helmets and the uh the 12 lords of cobol named after greco-roman gods and and yeah so when they were saying it in the show all of this has happened before and it'll happen again i thought oh interesting i wonder where they're going with this mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and they reveal at the end it's like yeah no this all happened in the past so yeah humans did come from the stars and and uh you know we're, we're gearing up for another round of uh humans and uh their intelligent creations and them running amok right and yeah that that created sort of another frustrating possibly brilliant point there it's like so this is once again we don't know what the reason is but it's god's will and but we're we're literally talking about god now we would you know you you guys you you've owned that <laughs> yeah the whole idea that you know I, I see angels or this is you know some kind of divine plan unfolding yeah they doubled down on that <laughs> and of course there was a prophecy but the prophecy was the pagan prophecy uh, yeah. or oracles and it's it, it's interesting because okay so because the the decommissioning of the Galactica and opening the museum was important, but not that important. They had the secretary of education representing the government for that ceremony. Mm-hmm. And of course she was the only survivor of, um, of, of the Holocaust, the, the, the nuclear attack that was in the government. She was the high, highest ranking government official. So she became the president. So there was a lot of, you know, people saying our president's now a school teacher. Is she good enough? And, and there were her opponents, some better than others, sometimes the admiral himself thinking the military should be in charge uh, because really she wasn't, you know, they didn't think she was capable of, of this. And she was also very devoutly religious. She was from the, the religious pa- pa- uh, planet, I think Geminon, um, and was uh, well well known to some of the, the, the priestesses, which I think they called oracles. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly. And sometimes it seemed that they used maybe ayahuasca, peyote, or magic mist to uh, to help them with their visions. And it also turned out that, that the leader of the prophecy was going to die. Like Moses, she was, she was never supposed to reach the promised land. And it turns out that she had terminal breast cancer. Howdy, partner. Royal Farms Chicken Palooza is back with a chuck wagon full of tasty treats and other fun stuff. Head to Royal Farms today and get yourself a two-piece world-famous chicken box for just six bucks. Or try one of three delicious world-famous chicken sandwiches. Plus, enter to win world-famous chicken for a year. Royal Farms Chicken Palooza. This year, it's a herd of flavor and fun. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Ten cents from each chicken box sale will benefit local charities. This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete, and in a, an instant, your world flips, and your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child, and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. Or did she? Now, a couple of beautiful things. There was a, a doctor on the ship who was the guy who played Duke on Soap, so I love that very much. Um, and he was a chain smoker, which was also fabulous. Uh, so people were very much flawed. They drank, they smoked, they gambled, they, they fought. But a couple of other things where I'm going to get biblical, and I don't, because, because early on, 
the ragtag fleet. So the Galactica survived with also a bunch of other ships that were sort of out there. Some were commercial ships, some were basically factories uh, in space, uh, you know, mining ships. You know, there, there were probably, you know, there was a diplomatic ship. There was what was now the equivalent of Air Force One. I think they call it Colony One. Um, uh, and they figured out very quickly that the Cylons were attacking every 33 minutes. Okay. So they, that's when they knew to time their jumps. Uh, because there's something called FTL, which I guess was a hyperdrive. Uh, what, did, what did FTL stand for? Faster than light. And... Okay. I think yeah, I think they, they 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 did that right in a way in that they didn't try to explain it, right? Yeah. It's like it's a jump drive. That's all. That's all we're going to say. And you spool it up and obviously it's yeah, it's a, a big deal to do it, lots of energy required, but yeah. And yeah, that that was that episode was uh definitely one of my favorites, a real nail biter. It's like they're coming every 33 minutes. What does that mean? Are how are they tracking us? Is there somebody aboard? Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Well, you clergy out there, you students of the Bible, you know, Jesus was 33. You know that the 33rd mm -hmm. parallel is, is, is out there. You know, th 33 is one of those numbers also that repeats. And I definitely don't think that was an accident in this show. So they were, so yeah, there was a lot of tension. Sometimes it wasn't sure they had enough power uh, and they could plot a course. So listen to Garden Views, if you, the episode with Matt. Uh, it's called in situ. Uh, I forgot the rest of the words, but there's only so many shows start with in situ. Yeah, in situ resource utilization. That, that's the name of the show because because uh, I heard yeah. that word that that phrase. I'm like, that's the title of the show. Probably not the brightest idea, but but you know whatever. Um, but we we mostly Matt talks about how it is not possible at this point, or maybe only theoretically so, to go faster than light. Um, but so. We don't need to spend too much time in that. They figured it out for the purposes of the show. We're we're not we're not that technical here or clinical. But I kept wondering, you know, who are who's the Anunnaki? Who's the ancient aliens here? Is it the humans? Is it the Cylons? Is it their is it their offspring? Because one of the obsessions with the show was jo joining the two races, and one of the characters named boomer um but this but the the real name is sharon uh, the boomer was her call sign and all of this the, all of the cylon skin jobs by the way that they they repeat there's multiple copies of them though i guess the missing five there were either there weren't multiple copies or there were far fewer um or they were they better hid themselves um so it seems that sharon was the most attracted to and loving in a genuine way of humans and apparently the most likely to be to get impregnated because uh, she was in relationships with uh, a, a couple folks and in, in, though it was technically different Sharons we had the the seductress but she she seemed to be more manipulative but she but she seemed to love love as part of almost like a religious love it was part of God's plan they were very clinical Cylons um, and then there was one who started as very clinical, but they resurrect. So if the Cylons die, the skin jobs, there's a resurrection ship. And so they're basically downloaded their consciousness and it goes into another body of the same model on the resurrection ship, which is basically in a giant bubble bath of ooze. Uh, and they come out and they're confused and, and sort of in between that. It's sort of like our in between when when people have near death experiences or think or died and come back. 
And in the in-between, one of the Cylons sort of saw God, had visions, and, and one of the clinical ones, like, she found God and became, like, as, uh, you know, rapacious as, as any of them. And that was played by Lucy Lala, Xena, Warrior Princess, which was, uh, a, a, you know, sort of a fabulous callback. I mean, the cast in this was so random and, and sort of excellent in its, own, in, its, in its way. I'm going all over the place with the seasons. I agree with you that the first couple of seasons were terrific. The third season, I think, was the one that got really political. It was mostly anti-Iraq war stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then the last season, I think they tied it up nicely, but it was it was a little bit of, of, a, of a mess. But, I mean, there were some things that they, like, so the technical stuff, like the thing with the water never came back to it. It, it slowly morphed as I followed the story that because the seven human form Cylon skin jobs, I hate that term, but I guess it's the easiest one to use, <laughs> realized that the, the only way they would find the other five was through the remaining humans. I guess the plan changed. Uh, so they never went after the water again. The humans ran out of food, but they figured out some way how to harvest algae to convert it into poor tasting food. That was a plot point for a couple of episodes. It, it was touch and go for a while before they found it. But after a while, no one seemed to complain about the food anymore. <laughs> you know, there, 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 were, there were things like, there was like a, a, an uprising on one of the labor ships where the, the, the colonial officers that were meant to quash it sort of joined in, in the labor revolt. So, I mean, you know, very real world conflict stuff. And the, the strange thing is that a lot of it touched on xenophobic uh, racism, religious persecution, uh, us against them, you know, uh, sort of make the colonists great again. Uh, you know, there was, it was, uh-huh. it, I mean, really things that, you know, now if someone wrote it now, it'd be like, no big deal. He just stole stuff from, from, you know, what, what's been going on. But this was before, you know, 2014 through, you know, present. And it's funny because Babylon 5, 10 years earlier, sort of explored some of the same subjects, which is, um, it's a very different show, but they did explore a lot of the same subjects, you know, in a slightly different way. But I, I think it's, you know, it's pro- probably time to turn it over to you to comment on on those because I feel like I gave a little bit of a speech there. No, no problem. Yeah. Well, it, it is true. I mean, uh, one of the things that uh, I thought was really, really good about uh, the early seasons, right? It's like they they were doing the whole survival mode thing, and I mean, that's that's what makes like so many different types of, uh, you know, franchises really great. Like, um, it's like, what's the appeal of zombie fiction, right? Uh, like with the walking dead and all that stuff. It's like, well, it's like they're, they're picking up and they're trying to survive and every day it's a new challenge. How are they going to deal with it? Right. How, how are we going to secure food, water, fuel? And yeah. And, and how they're basically roughing it. And it's just, that's people love that stuff. It's just, it's adventure. It's fun. It's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's something you would never, ever want to experience, but boy, is it fun to think about, right? Post-apocalyptic stuff always, yeah. I, I don't know why that's so appealing, but it just is. <laughs> and yeah, at a certain point, and it was definitely after the second half of season two, I think that's when the decision was made. We want a long runtime with this, so we're going to start focusing inward. And... Yeah, all, while the, the, all those stories were good, um, it's just, yeah, I, I kind of, looking back at it, there's a lot of those that I just skip when I'm binge-watching, because it's like, 
Oh, this is the one where they talk about their feelings and Starbucks is getting really, really, really drunk because she's so scarred at this point. And it's like, nope, skip, <laughs> skip that part, skip that part. It's like, okay, yes, now they're talking about the dealing with uh, Scar, the yeah, the Cylon fighter ace. Let's let's get more of that in there. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, when they started sort of connecting it all together there, I, I was very intrigued because I, I really wanted to see how that all ended because, yeah, the so much was explored in that show. And in sure. a way that was, yeah, in, in a way that was not sanitary, right? Um, it's one of the things I loved about Babylon 5 too, right? It's like uh, Star Trek, which... You know, undeniable quality there. I mean, it was long. You know, the uh, um, the next generation is something that uh, that you know did uh, coincide with uh, a lot of my formative years, and it helped shape what I love about science fiction. But yeah, I, re I remember sort of concluding at one point. It's like this show is something that if I ever start doing sci-fi, it's an example of what not to do. Right. There were no problems. And, no one worried yeah. about money. No one worried about food. No one worried about gravity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and everything's fixed by the end, you know? It's like they, they always manage to, to pull it out and everybody's happy at the end. Everything's, and, and, you know, that is actually something that you could grow to like about that show. It's like, yeah, every episode is nice and, and self-contained. But what I loved about Babylon 5 and Battlestar Galactica, the, the reboots, was they had grittiness right mm -hmm. and it's like no we're, we're gonna look at this in a very um in a kind of stark way and um and uh, not not necessarily a rated r kind of way there but there will be violence blood and guts and situations that will make you uncomfortable they'll mm -hmm. push you to the edge of your seat and nothing is ever all wrapped up in a nice little bow by the end right there's always the next thing. There's always the next challenge. And, you know, we managed to resolve one thing here, but, you know, it's like the happy moment doesn't necessarily last. It's like, and, and I think it's probably overdue, but I think I'm not sure that we really said too much, but folks, mm -hmm. there will be spoilers in this show. I don't consider a spoiler <laughs> for a series that ended 15 years ago. Um, exactly. But, uh, you know, if, if you're looking, you know, there will be spoilers. Um, yeah. It's amazing because none of the characters were truly flawless. I mean, the, they, they weren't even consistent, which, by the way, is sort of real. That's that's a lot like mm -hmm. real humanity, especially under pressure. Uh, you know, the, the, the president had to make decisions that were against her, you know, more progressive uh, leanings. The admiral, who was on the opposite, sometimes had to make more progressive decisions uh the, the 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 fighters though you know were you know would fluctuate sometimes really Hilo seemed to be the only one that was consistent but he consistently made you know bad choices strategically but he was the only one who seemed to have a moral center but that didn't really seem to matter in the show except that he was the biological father of an offspring with one of the Sharons who they named Hira um and if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that what happened is that the skin jobs originally were created in hopes that they could procreate themselves because creating life was would make you as close to God as possible, and they couldn't. So they were like the Anunnaki. They couldn't procreate with each other, or 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 they were like the the Agigi or whoever the Anunnaki created first. They couldn't procreate with the, They couldn't uh, have offspring. They were like mules, um, but 
it turns out that the the skin jobs could procreate with humans. Um, and Hera, I, I, you know, right, right around the same time, I sort of learned about mitochondrial Eve, which I know is not as certain as it was at the time. Maybe it's, is it, but I'm like, so is Hera our mitochondrial Eve? You know, and yeah, uh, I think I, I remember in the last episode, uh, they were speculating on that, right? It's like, uh, they, they show Hera and uh, Hilo and Sharon uh, walking along and they're swinging her. And then suddenly it's like, yeah, we cut to 10,000 years later, uh, basically implying that these guys showed up in the, uh, uh, the late Paleolithic era, right? When humans were, were started making the transitions from hunting and gathering to agriculture and, and settle the things. And um, yeah, they, uh, I, I could be off, I could be off on the years, whatever. You are. It was one hundred and fifty thousand years later. Oh, so yes, so they landed right when yes, humanity was in the early Paleolithic, and so yeah, basically, yeah, about the point there where we uh, where our records show that yeah, they were up, they were moving, they were migrating, they were doing all the stuff there, um, and uh, yeah, and there was a news story. Wasn't clear yeah, where it was, but I mean the the inference was probably on the Serengeti. But I mean, I guess yeah. it could have been. But it was hunter gatherers. They were, you know, yep. sort of long, stringy hair. They had some makeup and and hair ornaments, loincloths mm -hmm. mostly, spears. Uh, they were dark, but you know, ethnically ambiguous. Uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. um, so uh, you know, obviously they didn't want to tell us for sure where they were. And by the way, yeah. the, the earth that they ended up on. Another spoiler wasn't really the the earth it's just they ended up name calling it earth because they they found the actual earth i'm not going to spoil that just yet we'll get to it yeah yeah but yeah but yeah the right when they do the uh, jump ahead there i remember it's like uh there's a news story on about uh ancient remains that have been found could this be the primordial eve and i did feel they were strongly suggesting that that was hera's uh her 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 dead body there from uh, yeah 150,000 years prior um and uh yeah I think and of so course, yeah at the same time also they showed like a little silent like one of those monkeys banging cymbals they had like a little silent yeah. battery operator toy banging at cymbals that looked like yeah. the old fashioned so in in like the window of a toy store in a city mm -hmm. that was probably New York or Vancouver or Toronto mm -hmm. or Sydney um so you know sort of that was the inference you know what everything has happened before and will happen again yeah which is interesting because on garden views we talked about that that theory that the, 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 there was a universe before this one um and which you know means that maybe there's an infinity you know it's a hall of a hall of mirrors that there's you know infinity of universes so you know if everything is infinite you know uh, i guess everything repeats over and over again one way or another I mean, I think the inference here it was more lineal that the universe repeats itself the same way every time, but that's not particularly important either way. Uh, repeat is repeat. So there were some characters in here. It's funny because some of the most flawed characters turned out to be freedom fighter, the most avid freedom fighters, you know, but were also part of the five. And then there were some other characters that were flawed. And we're not quite sure what they become, or at least I'm not. So I'm going to move away from the from the five for a moment and ask you about Starbuck for one mm -hmm. incorporeal Caprica 
and incorporeal Gaius Baltar. Were they angels? Was she always an angel? <laughs> I yeah, I don't know, and it really didn't make sense when when they when they did that there. I mean, but yeah, that that was uh, that was the fan reaction. It, it's like uh, a lot of fans dropped off from that point. They still watched, I'm sure, but they 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 were unimpressed with that. It's like okay, yeah, because they did basically confirm that. Yeah, both uh, Gaius Baltar and and Caprica Six, they they were seeing angels and they were representations of of the other. Um, I, I initially, you know, that that was a really cool mystery too. And a friend of mine commented on that. It's like, oh, that's amazing, right? They, it's like they they either have a shared mental illness going on where they're or they're somehow connected to each other. Um, but the fact that it cut both ways with them was cool. And then, yeah, then Starbuck, she, yeah, they basically confirmed that she too was an immortal being of some kind. And she came back for a special purpose. And boy, it, well, it, it, it is. It, oy. It, it's very yeah. Old Testament. Oy, because I, I, I didn't know what it was at the time. Yeah, she, she, I mean, it's very clear. She died in an episode. She died in like this, mm -hmm. this, this thick atmosphere. Her ship exploded. She had done something heroic. She had already found like the arrow of Colbard or the arrow of Artemis, which was supposed to part of the prophecy. Uh, she was held hostage for a while with, with one of the Cylons who was sort of her rapist, seductress, temptress, knew her better. Uh, he, she hated him. She loved him. It's not entirely clear. Psychological warfare, not exactly clear. She was painting pictures of images of Nebula that later on became important. But yeah. at some point, it was clear she died, and then she came back as the messenger. So I decided at the time, you know, I, I was confused just like everyone else and just went along with Angel. Of course, at the end of the series, she just she just disappeared. Apollo turned her, and she, she was yeah. gone. I think that maybe she was like an Enoch character, an Enochian character where, you know, God had her ascend, brought her back to do a mission. Enoch came back from time to time. It's not depending on which books you believe. And but then he disappeared forever and walked with God. I just think that they they, they prolong the, 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 that. That's how I reconcile it anyway. She was like a, an Enochian figure. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> it did seem it did seem that they were committing to that. Yeah, it's that's 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 kind of what I found interesting about just those last few episodes, right? It's like oh, everything's just so tense and no, 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 and. It's like, whoa, hang on. So Baltar is saying he sees angels and uh, beyond good and evil. And it's like, okay, so we're going with angels. Okay. And yeah, when Starbuck. Like they could have been yeah. different. They could have downloaded his consciousness. The only question is where where was it stored? What cloud was it stored in for those 150,000 years? Because, the, the, the you know. The colonists, for whatever reasons, decided to get rid of all technology when they got there, which is sort of yeah. stupid. It sort of ruined the Atlantean myth of it that the you know these ancient aliens would take. But I just decided yeah. that, that some of the colonists cheated. That, that some of them kept some things and oh, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, they must have too. Yeah, it's like yeah, we're gonna wander off into the wilderness and what? <laughs> it's like right. Gaius is talking about farming. He actually knows a bit about farming. Yeah, sure, he grew up on a farm, but. You're on a distant, distant planet. You don't know if you can eat any of the crops you could grow. And yeah, uh, 
it, it uh, yeah, I, I did see some funny satire work there that said, yeah, they were, um, they all died. Like within a year, they were all dead. Because, you know, what were they thinking? Right. And it's like, we'll keep the non-technological tools, but I don't remember seeing any plows, you know, or major shovels. They might have had those like spade, like, you know, Marines keep those like sort of hand shovels. But you yep. know, the things things that you need to, to farm and cut down trees and stuff. So I, I'm thinking a bunch of them cheated. And and so, yeah, so I'm going to yeah. go with it. I'm going to go with Gaius and uh, Caprica or six were sort of continuing AI who probably thought they were angels, which, mm -hmm. again, you know, marries my idea that the that, that technology and, and religion at, at some point are one and the same. And mm -hmm. Um, well, that that's good, and I, I imagine that's probably better than what the uh, the writers actually were doing there. <laughs> I, I yeah, I kind of got the impression, you know, it's like we're just, you know, the show's coming to an end. We're trying to just wrap everything up. We got real deep and meta now. How the hell do we ground that? <laughs> it's like we don't just say it's angels and move on. <laughs> yeah. But the only but to that, and maybe you can help me, independently, or if you adopt my theory or something close enough. Kara's father playing the piano, the, the piano which ended up being a code and turned into a map. Yeah. That whole episode, which was sort of creepy, was her father also an angel? Was it just a vision that she had? Was it a memory? Because once she became closer to divine, she could call upon certain things involuntarily and connect with, with Hera because Hera was, was drawing the same notes, which became, mm -hmm. I think it was like a star. I think you were basically following like the seven sisters or something. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But That's what was it with Kara's father? Well, uh, the only, well, I remember he died when she was uh, young. Right. And she grew up with an alcoholic, abusive mother who always told her, Kara, you're special. You're meant for better things. You know, and get over here. I'm gonna smack you around for for misbehaving and and, and what have you. And um, so, I mean, right there too. There, there. It does seem like there is a, some deeper religious element there. Uh, oh dear, a thought occurs that maybe her father was an angel, and yeah, got called home, and and he impregnated uh, her mother, who was mortal. I mean, that that's a very classical motif too, right? The gods <laughs> always. Yeah, the gods always in the Greco-Roman pantheon. There, they were always having sex with mortals, just discussed and producing, yeah, semi uh, semi divine offspring. And there we huh? go. The, the demigods are Nephilim. They're perfect, yeah. excellent. Yeah. The, the, the heroes, the the great men of renown. I mean, if you were a colonial warrior at, in a, in one hundred and fifty thousand BC. You know, even if you didn't cheat, if you knew, you know, martial arts and and mm -hmm. and you know kept you know uh, you know some semblance of a weapon or tactical strategies, you probably would look like you, you probably win most of your wars just with tactics. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but uh, okay, I like it. Now the Cylons also had these things called hybrids, and they were sort of oracles who they controlled the, the Cylons FTLs. They looked sort of like humans, but failed humans. They were wired into the ships and they, they, they spoke in basically gibberish uh, and it looked like they were always in pain. My interpretation of them, aside from finding them disturbing was that they were failed or incomplete offspring efforts. Um, originally when they were trying to make, uh, 
you know, skin jobs procreate, that the, the few that survived had these sort of capacities but couldn't survive independently. And they were like, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the old Anunnaki story, of course, they, they experimented, you know, and created all sorts of monsters. Or, you know, if you believe in, you know, some of the old biblical canons, Lilith, you know, uh, you know, abandoned humanity and, and started spout, sprouting monsters all over the place. I'm thinking that like these Cylon hybrids might have been that version in this story of, of that equivalent. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, that that is a, a good theory because it. Um, I, I did think when seeing them, it's like, um, yeah, it's like something went wrong here, didn't it? And they 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 like went nuts, but genius and revelation are like such a fine line. So while they can no longer function in normal society, their brains are able to plot jumps and, you know, see through t- space and time in order to do that. And so, yeah, they're, they're kind of like the navigators from Dune, but without, but without all the drugs, right? They're, Absolutely. They, they just, yeah, they have this natural ability and the, the way that, um, uh, uh, he was Kara's lover. He was one of the final five, and he got hit by a bullet. And, yeah, and he started going down that road. He started uh, losing it and becoming a hybrid. Basically, it's like, oh, cool. So, basically, he, they're the other hybrids. They're brain damaged too, but it makes right. them, yeah, it, it causes them to sort of lose functionality. Lose yeah, but it released other abilities, I guess, in their programming. Yeah. Or in yeah. whatever their divine nature is, or again, maybe yeah. it's the same thing. One, yeah. of the, one of the big problems I had is at some point we learned that Cavill, who was played by Dean Stockwell, who was sort of like the Machiavellian, you know, the mm, bad yeah. guy, Cylon skin job. He seemed to be the leader. He wasn't exactly the leader, but he was the hard ass. Um, yeah. he, apparently he knew who the five were, and he mm-hmm. hid it from the rest of them. And there seemed yeah. to be no reason for that in, in the plot ever uh and it seems like the only reason motive for that is that he didn't want them ever to find the five so why keep the humans alive Mm -hmm. real italian flavors are fresh authentic and never come in a bag like carando premium meatballs our savored meatballs are made from 100% pork and blended with zest italian herbs spices and cheeses delivering that perfect balance of fresh flavor you crave from mozzarella rustica to cheesy abruzzese to spicy Sicilian, you'll find Carando meatballs in the refrigerated meat section of your grocer. Carando. Life is delicious. Savor it. For recipes and more, visit carando.com. Life is full of delicious moments. Like when a big table of friends feels like a big table of family. Or when the meal you made and shared brings in all the likes on your feed. That's why Carando offers premium meatballs, delicious, savored meatballs made with real Italian flavors to help you savor the big and small moments that make life so good. Carando. Life is delicious. Savor it. For recipes and more, visit carando.com. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was very personal for him, I remember. He, he thought, he felt like their whole... Um, because the five were the ones that gifted them the ability to create themselves in the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. And he was horribly disappointed in that, and he was also very, very bitter about uh, humanity's treatment of his of uh, his his ancestors, right? Of uh, yeah, his earlier ones. So yeah, apparently he did it because he was upset. 
and <laughs> yeah, it, it, they didn't really explain what exactly. Well, what was the breaking point here? Okay, you 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 woke up in your flesh suit. You thought, well, this yeah, this is a betrayal of my robothood, my robot heritage. So yeah, you you boxed up the five and and shoved them off, uh, left them among the humans. Hmm. Yeah, it, it is. It, I mean, for a steamer, something, could have, something they could have explained better. He, he could have unquestionably been in charge or at least shared power with the Lucy Lawless version mm -hmm. in eternity if they just killed all the humans in the yeah. beginning when they, when they could have. I mean, it's, yep. like, it's like he caused his own doom. Uh, maybe hubris was, maybe he was the sin of hubris. I, I don't know. That's very Greek tragedy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so Adama, he was like sort of he was less of an Adam, even though the name is appropriate. He got them there, but he was more of a Moses, but he was more, you know, uh, it seemed like the implication that Lee Adama, who was Admiral Adama's son, um, surviving son, they, they, they lost their older son, the be the more competent son, uh, I think uh, uh, a year before the accident. And, and actually that, that, that son was engaged to Kara Thrace, Starbuck. Um, so there's always that sort of tension, especially when they went back to like a pre-marriage party where Lee first met Karen. They both got drunk. The brother went to sleep and Karen Lee almost, you know, mm -hmm. cheated for the nuptials. They didn't. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. a repeating thing for Lee. He like almost cheats a couple times. He gets married to, uh, what was his name? Duala? Yeah. Which is yeah. interesting because... She was an interesting character. I didn't really care for her that much. Like sometimes she was really strong. Sometimes she was exactly the opposite. She killed herself at a very strange point. Um, she just gave up. But also like Duala, I guess, Duel. Um, and then there's also Duadal in, in the Book of Enoch, which is like the where you trap a certain you know, revolutionary archangels. You know, I just, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm reading more into names where they just pick names at some point. Um, I don't know, but th this isn't where I want to go with this. Like, but the implication was that Lee was absolutely definitely going to settle down with someone and, and he was going to have the first child on new earth, human child, not, not mm -hmm. hybrid child. Cause he, hero was already there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. What are you? What are your thoughts on Lee? Because I, Ooh. he was like he was positioned as the hero, but he sort of sucked. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think they did a very good job of capturing his obvious daddy issues. Um, I just I kind of felt like, well, what you said earlier is absolutely correct. It's like, why is he not dead? Why have they not killed, shot him for treason? He's committed treason couple times yeah. um, or at the very least he's committed arrestable offenses you you can't disobey orders in the military or you know I gave you an order to do well I did went and did the opposite it's like oh well yeah you're, you're you're done your commission's done right um the whole boss the whole boss's son thing too um, but yeah he if if there's if the mythology, they, yeah, what they they did bring this up at a few points there. Um, uh, um, Sarek, Tom Sarek, played by uh, the the original Apollo. Uh, what was the actor's name? Richard Hatch. Richard Hatch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he he did such a good job in his character, but he always likened Dama to Zeus, and therefore Apollo. It's like, oh, your call sign's perfect. You are the son of Zeus. You are the uh, 
the archer and the hero god. So I'm wondering if there's something in the mythology there that that indicates that, because I mean, in in Greek mythology, uh, yeah, daddy I don't issues. Apollo being that much of a problem for Zeus. Zeus yeah, was more of a problem for everyone else. Yeah, it, it it was odd because like it never seemed that Lee Apollo wanted the job he had. He was mm -hmm. he, he wanted to be the CAG. He got to be the CAG. Then he wanted to work for the president. Then he didn't want. Then he wanted to work for the president's opposition. Then he wanted to be a lawyer. It's like it's like whatever whatever the contrary position was. He always convinced himself that he was right. But he would, you know, always do the wrong thing except when it came to something carnal. Then he, then he couldn't quite bring himself to to to, to cheat. But mm -hmm. you know, let's face it. He came he came close enough that that, that you know any significant other would have been mad at him forever about it. Yeah. Um, so it, it was just a weird character, but it's like he was constantly betraying his father, either overtly with firearms or spiritually, except in that one thing where he was part of the defense for Baltar, which his father seemingly disapproved, but actually in his heart of hearts was proud of him because Adama's father was like a very famous lawyer. Like he, he wrote like the criminal law handbook. Um, yeah. and that was a big thing. They still use books. You know, he had mm -hmm. a vast library. He was always reading, um, which was similar to a Star Trek episode where they had a lawyer. I think it was even Red Skeltons or Red Buttons who who played it. And he and he said, "I use books." When Captain Kirk needed a lawyer against Captain Pike, uh, mm -hmm. um, I, I see you look perplexed. You don't re remember that from the original series? Uh, no, no, I, I I do know the episode you're referring to. I just I don't remember that part of it. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget it. He goes, "I still use books." Um, it uh, maybe because I love the movie, the the last day of the World War II uh, Jingo movie, and, and and it was the same actor. So, and you know, maybe maybe that's when I decided to be a lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> um, so there were a lot of out of body experiences, um, dreams, akashic field meditations, um, mm -hmm. a lot of things that you know uh, considered spiritualism here in different places. We we talked about the the hybrids. We talked about the oracles. We talked about there were prophetic dreams, especially when the president was taking certain drugs to dull the pain for cancer. Um, so she would be influenced, which some questioned her judgment that led to certain dramas. Turns out that they were usually right or harboring of something. She shared dreams with some of the Cylons, especially the, 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 the skin jobs, usually tied to Hera or Hera. Um, there was just, uh, you know, uh, the, the visions by Starbuck. Uh, I think they they weren't all post when she at least obviously became an angel, but maybe she always was. Um, it, it was just a lot of out-of-body experiences. The whole thing with Gaius Balter and, and Six slash Caprica, the smoke show blonde. Um, mm -hmm. It was just a, a lot of sort of spiritual mysticism in there from a lot of different angles loosely tied together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, from, from a literary standpoint, uh, <laughs> um, dreaming, uh, hallucinogenic states, you know, visions, these, these all do, they, they do tie together. It's like, how are they distinguishable from like a transcendent state? Like, well, we don't know, frankly. Yeah, could be they're all forms of hallucination, could be they're all forms of revelation. Um, but yeah, I did like the way they do it. They did that, and uh, 
I really like how they kept it ambiguous. So when they kind of committed to the whole angel thing, it was like, well, you know, but you, you can draw your own conclusions, right? It's like, oh, they're just saying that. That's not like necessarily what's going on here, right? We can, yeah, we can infer other things. <laughs> Right. Well, the Cylons were interesting because the Cylons were monotheistic, as we said. The Cylons wanted to become human, but they had a clear caste system. I mean, you had the skin jobs who were clearly in charge. You mm -hmm. had centurions. You had lesser generation centurions. You had the raiders, which uh, I think they described like they're, they're not they're not machines, but they're not they're like horses. They're you know you mm -hmm. have to treat them nice, but they you know they thought, but only so much you know. Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely a caste system, but they were also the slaves who rebelled and kept evolving where the humans, I mean, they didn't quite have caste systems. They just had the, you know, a typical class system, um, you know, but they were the, the pagans. Uh, and, yeah, they did build slaves who became sentient. It's not exactly clear if they became sentient and were still kept slaves or if it was a giant surprise. But, yeah. it, you know. I guess the question is, who were the bad guys, or were there were there any good guys? <laughs> yeah, that that is a good question there. Um, and if you're trying to keep it complicated and uh, and nuanced, right? It's like, yeah, the heroes have flaws. The heroes will make mistakes. The heroes will question if they're on the right side. And yeah, the antagonists. Well, yeah, once you get into their motives and all that stuff, it's like, well, okay, we can agree that they're doing something bad here, but they do have their reasons. And if they, you know, if those reasons turn out to be justifiable enough, or if they decide that oh, we're going to switch things up and try something different here now, yeah, are they the bad guys anymore? And so, yeah, it kind of was like in the end, the. Yeah, they did. They did sort of establish in the end that uh, the uh, Dean Stockwell's guy, right? He was the he was the antagonist for sure. He he had his, he had his reasons, but whereas some Cylons wanted to live a mortal life and and live in peace with humans, he was like, absolutely not. No, right. it's uh, you know, yeah, this was a uh, we set out on a policy of eliminating them and eliminate them we shall, and I. Don't care about, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the way he didn't care about the final five, but then as we learn, it's like, oh, he's known all along. He's the only one of you who knew. And this is why he kept it a secret and not, right. not entirely he, clear, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, he seemed to want the silence to continue to live forever. And they mm -hmm. had the resurrection technology, which seemed to only be needed for the skin jobs. It didn't seem to be needed for the centurions or the other more robotic forms. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure why the Cavill Cylons wanted Hera then, because who cares? It didn't affect his ability unless he thought that they would take over, push him out. And, I mean, he couldn't have known that one uh, section segment of the skin job Cylons would want to live mortal lives and that the Centurion Cylons and, and you know, the lesser Centurions and the Raiders and the other ships that have some sort of conscious wanted to be free in and of their own. I mean, that was sort of the end. It was a little trite, actually. But, I mean, there's no way he could have known any of that stuff would happen. And, again, I, I keep coming back to, like, wh why did he make issues of things that, that weren't issues? And if he just wanted to keep the damn secret and, and stay immortal, he just could have killed the humans, you know, from the get-go, and nothing would have changed. He just would have lived happily forever, 
being immortal and those who wanted to pray to a God could have prayed to a God unless, unless somehow he was like the devil and knew that God would free everyone, but to be free, you had to be mortal. I mean, which is, Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't, I'm, I'm reaching right now to try to make it make sense. Yeah. Well, well, and yeah, and this is, this is what happens when you've got a, you know, show running for many, many seasons and they've got a lot of, complex things going on there because i know the cast even even the cast was a little confused about <laughs> what all had happened and where things were going and uh, that that is why they made yeah the the um the plan and some other things they're trying to basically fill in the gaps and answer people's questions but yeah I, I i do think they uh <laughs> they ended up creating more questions than they could answer yeah and and by the time it's like oh well, we got to wrap everything up now it's like oh okay yeah. well We'll do our best. The movie, The Plan, A, it wasn't all that entertaining. B, it didn't really solve things. I mean, it did answer some questions. It did fill in some gaps, but it created others, which is what I would call an unsuccessful project. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a couple of concepts that are less spiritual. Well, maybe not. But music was was a repetitive theme. Music was the path. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are told, or I have been told, that there's two universal languages, math and music. Uh, so, you know, I, I wonder if, if that had anything to do with it or they just like the device of music because it's a, you know, a visual and audio experience and music is easier to, to, to convey on TV to a viewer than, you know, math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, I, I do remember actually Kara when they uh, are visiting her old apartment and they see her mural, which... You know, as it turns out, it's like, oh, that's very significant. It's going to come up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's putting on music in the background, and they're sort of listening to that while she's just talking about life choices and all that. And, yeah, I believe in her flashbacks, too, where she's sort of coming to terms with her destiny um, that her mother played the piano or that uh, yeah. or that she did. Yeah. And, and yeah. And as Cameron was reliving the music, she was somehow communicating it or Hero was picking up on it. And she uh-huh. drew the map, which it took a while for her parents, one Cylon, one human, to, to uh-huh. figure out that, that, that this was actually, it, it wasn't musical notes, it was a map. And then uh-huh. that's, what, that's what led them to Earth. Okay, yeah. so here is the spoiler at, at the, you know, at not quite the very end, but the penultimate end. And... They find Earth. You know, first of all, they 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 follow the the prophecy. The, they follow the path. It's a little bit convoluted, but they get to Cobol. They find temples. They find the Cobol, the rumor, the, the the vaunted opera house. There's visions. They find another survivable planet. Uh, they call it New Caprica. Uh, the Cylons, of course, predictably find them and and take it over. And then they have sort of like a, you know, an occupation insurrection. It got very, you know. Iraq war thing if you were alive during the Iraq war and you were you know probably 16 or above you know Uh depending on your politics you either really really agree with it or you really really found it offensive or you were just like dude I don't want this in my science fiction show it's like too much you you, you're losing the thread here um I don't remember which I was but when I saw it again I was like this is this is not necessarily helpful but it's you know but some of it was interesting but it I don't know it was it wasn't a very attractive season um so anyway, they go from New Caprica, they find the, I think it was the Nebula, the Lion Nebula, so I guess it was Leo, a constellation Leo, um, mm-hmm. and that, you know, and this was all with the guidance of Kara and the music, and from there they followed a star system to Earth, and they found Earth, and on Earth 
it tied back to some visions that some of the five were having. And here's the answers I re re uh, re recall it. There was a 13th tribe. There was a 13th colony. It was the skin job Cylons. They were living with the humans at some point in time. So obviously there was a s slave class that rebelled, but there were already skin jobs there, but they, they left. So at some point, the other 12 colonies either hit it or forgot the, the, the ancestral memory that they had made skin jobs who left the 13th colony, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense given the technology mm -hmm. seemed to be, you know, very close. And it was very clear that the Battlestar Galactica old generation was behind the, the, like the Battlestar Pegasus. Cause of course there was a Pegasus that, that came out and that had its own conflict. So I'm not sure it was particularly important to, to our recap. Um, but you know, it, it was still compatible. Like it, it was, it was next generation or two generations, but it's not like the Battlestar Galactica was not, it, it wasn't obsolete. Um, it, it still had capability. Anyway, so they got to the earth. Turns out that the skin shop silence were the 13th, the 13th colonists. They were the ones who forged the path, found earth. Apparently they couldn't even make peace with themselves. Just like, huh. like the, the 12 skin jobs, they had a nuclear war and destroyed themselves. So when they got to earth, Everyone was dead. The implication was it was all Cylon skin jobs, I guess, different versions of the 12, all dead. Maybe that was why Cavill was trying to hide it all. Maybe he was like Dr. Zayas, who we've always known, but you can't handle the truth mm -hmm. kind of thing. We knew what was in the Forbidden Zone. So maybe Cavill was Dr. Zayas there. I like Dr. Zayas. I, even mm -hmm. as a kid, I was always sort of for the bad guys. Um, and he really wasn't a bad guy. I mean, I understand this position. Anyway, I, I'm digressing. So from there, they, I, I forget exactly how they found it, but they found another habitable planet, which turned out to be New Earth or slash Earth. So there, there's, there's your spoiler. And maybe that's the thing that made sense, but they never really spelled it out, which would be one thing if it was like a book by William Gibson where he never spells anything out. Mm -hmm. um, but for a TV show, if, if that was the answer, I'm not sure if I'm retrofitting it or if that was their intention. Did, did, did I do an okay job with that? And do you have anything to add, <laughs> add to that? Mm -hmm. uh, I think you did a, a pretty good job there. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it just, for me, it always comes back to, you know, um, well, it's hard to, it, it's really impossible to tell what the writers were thinking at that point. They were, you know, they were trying to wrap things up and, and get them to where they were going. And I never quite understood how, you know, the musical notes, uh, how that played out there. Um, but yeah, the fact that the 13th. Because oh, when you did the musical notes on the bars and they yep. laid it over a star map, it, yeah. it, 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 it matched exactly a pattern that was before them. Uh, yeah, like, and and I guess Kara recognized it, or or somebody did. Yeah, but just like where that came from, it, again, it was like, well, we're angels, we know things, and it's like, Not okay, sure. okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and yeah, it's like, well, yeah, so the prophecy was true after all. There was a, a like a another place, and it's populated with with early humans. Really interesting. Okay. Yeah. But the but their um, prophecy was a planet that was populated with skin job Cylons. Yes. Who, yes. It's like, yes, there was a thirteenth tribe and they did go to a place called Earth, but they ruined it too, so this was not our salvation and we're yeah. 
but we still managed to find our way to Earth, quote unquote, yeah. right? Now, was it ever was it ever made clear or addressed at all whether or not on Earth it was destroyed Earth, whether or not those were just the twelve skin job models, or if they had human Cylon hybrids there also? Because I thought it was only the twelve Cylons. Uh, yeah. Well, um, if uh, I remember right, there. Um, okay. They're digging on New Caprica to try and figure out what happened, and yeah, they had uh, they found Centurion like appendages there, and uh, yeah, there was no indication, to the best of my knowledge, that they had ever uh, that they had done that there. That they had uh, the Cylons that had gone there had evolved quicker, uh, according to the explanation, it was because they didn't have FTL because they had to do long, slow trips through space their technology evolved faster i don't get that at all but whatever whatever fine you you develop the technology to create you know your your flesh and blood uh, type bodies um sooner than others did so okay and yeah that's 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 what separated them from their their metal chassis uh, brethren it was like yeah we got these the superior synthetic flesh and blood model, and then those guys and and yeah they they basically turned on us the same way they did the similar um, centurions did against their human masters and in, in the twelve colonies, um, yeah, and that. You know, in the flashbacks or visions, like when Chief Terrell saw himself at the, you know, at the, at the bodega, the open market, like the farmer's market, mm -hmm. shopping for yeah. food. And we saw Colonel Ty and what was this one? Ellen, um, who was also a little pretty diabolical. And you know, when when they were there enjoying like a picnic in the park. I don't remember ever hearing children or seeing any children or seeing any parents holding little children's hands. I, I, yeah. I don't. I mean, the reason why I'm, I'm focusing on this is because I'm wondering if Cavill's motivation was that he never wanted, if he wanted Hera so much because he never wanted them to know that they could successfully procreate because it was the act of that procreation with humans that led to the Cylons to fall. That, that, that love opened up the, 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 uh, the, the devotion to God, the proof of godliness, and, but also the, the sin that, that led them to kill themselves. But I don't think that was the case. And also wouldn't make any sense because six was about as devout as you got beforehand. And, mm -hmm. they, they, you know, their, their, their procreation, the hybrids, the, the Nephilim, the demigods, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call them, the offspring of Cylon and human was just a theory. They hadn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, they, that's, so, yeah, they, they were, they were trying and they figured they were failing because they lacked love. And yeah, they, they didn't see no Cylon babies there and on the uh, on Earth or anywhere. They're clearly not being born or decanted or what. They're they, they, yeah. They they come out they come out of the goo like fully grown assembly assembly specs. Yeah. <laughs> right. It just took them a few moments to get their bearings for their systems to sort of reboot. You know, yep. and then to remember remember what happened and remember that they weren't that they weren't dying they were actually living yeah all right, all right. my last my last planned question for you and believe it's nothing big at all but did mm -hmm. god exist or was god the result of cylon and human congress see nothing oh. big there at all yeah yeah well again they 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 seem to commit to that idea that yeah god is it was real the cylon's religion is correct basically and 
he's the one sending the angels and, and all that stuff. So they clearly, uh, they knew that something that humans didn't. Um, and I, I guess, yeah, I, I, I kind of took that at face value because they did something very similar in Caprica. Um, did you watch that show? Caprica? I watched the first few episodes and yeah. I really felt like I was going to get lung cancer watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, it was, uh, it was hard to take. It was, uh, also gritty and so forth there, but, um, what they showed in the last episode and they, they once again, they were wrapping things up quick because I think they had just discovered they weren't going to be renewed. So they started doing a sort of a montage style thing where they show how the Cylons got radicalized pretty quickly. And it's like, Okay, so the uh, the the monotheists who were there on Caprica, it was their religion that the Cylons adopted, but it it apparently was uh, an angel who who looked just like um, the the young woman in it there, who who becomes you know like the the soul inside the the Cylon machine. Real Italian flavors are fresh, authentic, and never come in a bag, like Carando Premium Meatballs. Our savored meatballs are made from 100% pork and blended with zesty Italian herbs, spices, and cheeses, delivering that perfect balance of fresh flavor you crave. From mozzarella rustica to cheesy abruzzese to spicy Sicilian, you'll find Carando meatballs in the refrigerated meat section of your grocer. Carando. Life is delicious. Savor it. For recipes and more, visit carando.com. Bridgestone Tires just rolled into Midas. And if you roll in, we've got an exclusive deal for you. Get $70 back in Bridgestone rebates plus a $50 reward card with paid installation. Shop Bridgestone Tires at Midas.com. Um, yeah, she was there directing things. She was trying to get uh, that girl and her father to create this new race of machines and, and uh, so that they would then be radicalized by this religion and, and rise up. So it's like, so yeah. So the whole angel and, and God's messenger thing was going on in, in the prequel story too. And it was, yeah, it, it was as if uh, whoever this being is apparently doesn't like being called God. <laughs> That's what they said in the last thing. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's committing them to this path again, you know, where we always end up creating things that destroy us. And then, I don't know, the lesson is we need to accomplish some kind of union between the two of us so that we can do it all over again. <laughs> but so, like the Dark Tower, the end was open-ended that maybe this time it was yeah. going to be different. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and you know, I, I found that rather rather frustrating ending there, but that does seem very biblical. It's like, what is the rhyme or reason to all this? Why do we keep having to go through all this suffering and so forth and nuance? Well, ours is not to know why. It's like, yeah, I mean, it was almost like, you know, if you if you took all the books of Enoch and, and then you took the Bible up, up until, you know, Exodus and then maybe a little bit more, uh, mm -hmm. or you gave it a different ending, you know, it was sort of like a... a a, a version of that, you know, it, it was mm. almost like a version of that. I mean, I bet they were, listen, I, I don't know the Old Testament that well, but you know, I, it sounds like I do, but I only know the, the, the fun stuff. I only know angels and demons and fighting and stuff, you know, yeah. but I'm sure if we, if we, you know, we could find a Job, we could probably find a lot. We could, you know, mm. there, there was definitely idolatry. There was, there was the, yeah. 
the, the, the false or was it a false cult that worshipped Gaius for a while? Mm. Uh, uh, you know, and, and all that other stuff. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm sure if we got like, you know, like, a, like a learned panel of clergy who were also sci-fi geeks, and they're out there, um, mm -hmm. they, they could probably do a great job with this. All right. I feel like I dominated most of this and sort of steered it in my directions, which was more towards the biblical and the, the woo-woo and the spiritual. And that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that's the only interpretation or why somebody was a fan or would still want to talk about. It. So were there any aspects that you know are on your mind that you'd like to discuss that have nothing to do or, or only tangentially related to the stuff I brought up? Um. Not really. Um, I mean, one thing that I did very much like about the show for the longest time, you know, it, it, it's grittiness and it's commitment to let's let's do this in a way that seems realistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if we are dealing with some highfalutin technology ideas, um, you know, I respected how they did that. It's like, don't try to explain it for the love of God. If you do that, the nerds will just pick it apart. Um, and also, yeah, how that it, it worked into a very fun like action series. I mean, uh, my wife and I have watched the uh, the the introductory miniseries, right? The 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 two part uh, intro to the whole thing, and thought, oh, that's great. It's 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 disaster movie porn, basically. Mm -hmm. It's yep. it, it does it so well, and yeah, and in a way, I mean, the space battles I thought were always just awesome, and uh, yeah. And how they're they're doing it with uh, without laser beams and uh, and uh, photon torpedoes that actually looks like uh, old timey battleships are, are shooting right. at each other. They were using yeah. bullets. They were using yeah. carbon based or metal based bullets and projectiles and and nukes and yeah. And they had shields and, and the ship was not invulnerable. And, and yeah. at the end, as, as needed to be, the, the old girl, the battle, the Balsar Galactica was scuttled. It did, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 it served its final mission just barely. Um, mm -hmm. Also, one of the best parts about the new Caprica season was when they finally did the rescue to get the people back. And the, the whole thing about how Galacta wasn't supposed to go into low orbit or into the atmosphere and, and how that buckled oh. the ship. And it was like, you know, it, it seemed like it was going to be pulled apart. That was cool. It almost made that season worth it. But, you know, mm -hmm. I, I would highly recommend the show. I just would tell people, don't binge watch it. Maybe watch one episode every three days, some, something like that. So, you mm -hmm. know, maybe watch two episodes at a time. But if you watch four or five, the, the, the week, you know, the week, there's a big difference between shows that are designed to be streamed and shows that were designed to be watched week by week. And this yeah. is definitely one of the latter. So I, I wouldn't binge it until you've watched the show, something close to with a few days between it. And then if you love it and you want to binge it at that point because you just want to see it again, fine. But the first time I, I, I wouldn't just because it becomes too glaring. Like, why would anyone put up with Apollo or, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, or yeah. <laughs> WTF tie, you know, or, you know, or yeah. why, why is Chief Terrell such a loser? Um, okay. And Hilo, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know, at some point, a Marine's going to shoot you. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but it, it, definitely a great reimagining. Re Maybe one of the best reboots of all time. Oh yeah, oh definitely yeah. And I, I shudder to think, um, but I, I think some fans out there probably want to see a reboot of the reboot and say, you know, and be like, uh, this time can we just drop the angels thing and it's just, but no, don't don't do this, don't mess with it, <laughs> right? 
It's like it, uh, yeah, it, it, it was as good as it could be as, as a reboot wise and remaking it will ruin everything that was good about it. Um, yeah, if you don't like what they did in some of the latter seasons, just cut yourself off. Stop it. Whatever, whatever episode, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it would be a much shorter story if they didn't yeah. go in all the different directions. So mm -hmm. I'm with you. I don't think there should be a reboot. As much as I'd like to envision one where either they answered all the questions and laid all the way into the spiritual stuff or got rid of that entirely, one yeah. or the other, and explain it. But that's that's not what would happen. Yeah. It would just I, be its own gobbledygook. Yeah. Um, and I, and yeah. The Expanse. The Expanse? Yeah, the, well, The Expanse, which is not like Battlestar Galactica, really, huh. in many ways. But I think the when The Expanse came out, it satisfied my appetite for gritty, real science-based, even more so, you know, uh, like Game of Thrones geopolitical drama set in space, and and the expanse I think is you know I've only seen three seasons of it, but uh, I thought seasons two and three were amazing. Season mm -hmm. one was a little bit rough, but it was absolutely necessary to build the rest. So I, I understand why in hindsight. So, and I've yeah. heard that the other seasons on Amazon continue to be excellent. I just don't have Amazon. Um, yeah. Well, I, I can tell you, I, I have seen them, and they, yeah, they are very good. And it's it's very interesting that you you you're making this comparison because the way that I was sold on the show, I remember the previews were coming out somewhere in 2015 or so. They they shown the preview at Comic Con, and the the tagline was, "This is the show fans of Battlestar Galactica have been waiting for," right? Because nothing else has filled that niche since it went off the air, and I heard that I thought, "Oh, good, yeah, I'm, I gotta watch this." <laughs> and uh, well, I feel I like have, that's coming. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I have a complicated relationship with the Expanse. Basically, uh, I was writing the manuscript for my first book when I started watching the first episode, and the description they gave sounded an awful lot like what I was writing, and I was just like, "Oh crap." And nearly, nearly quit. But I remembered that the, the same thing happened to William Gibson, right? He was writing Neuromancer. He went out to see the movie Blade Runner, and he had his oh crap moment. Because it's like, oh, look at that noir cityscape and all this uh, stuff. That, that's, that's the setting of his book there. Not Los Angeles, but the same look and feel. So he thought, there's no way I'm going to top that. Rid Ridley Scott did it. And he masterfully... And he very nearly threw out the manuscript, but then he finished it, and it's one of the most influential science fiction books, certainly cyberpunk books ever written. And it's like, mm -hmm. good thing he didn't, you know? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I would so think the Matrix probably drew, drove him a little bit crazy too, but that was much yeah. later. Yeah. Um, by the way, I think that Spook Country and Zero History are excellent books. They're not science fiction, but they're not exactly not, they're not exactly anything. They're, yeah. they're not spy books. They're they're not, you know, they're not science fiction, but they're not not any of those things. So I, if you like reading, sort of a heavy book that you have to think about, I strongly recommend Spook Country. And if you like it or love it, then Zero History is a sequel. Um, there's another one, Peripheral, which I haven't gotten around to reading yet. Um, but it's it's not an audiobook. You you must this you must read it. It's not an audiobook. Yeah. Um, so. Having now uh, reconciled yourself 
or or having peace with the expanse that it has not stolen your idea that that even though the yeah. part of the, the part of the very foundation of the premise is similar but the story goes in a very different way is your relationship mm -hmm. now with the expanse better do you does it satisfy your battlestar galactica itch or just doesn't yeah. have the same effect on you as me Oh yeah, no, it totally did. And you know, I'm, I'm glad that I, well, for one kept writing and kept watching because it actually did show that, uh, yeah, you know, stories can have similar settings or ideas and be very different. And, um, you know, if somebody got there before you and wrote something that was really, really good, you have to, you got to give them respect for that there. Nobody. Yeah. It's like, you're never, anytime you come up with an idea, you're not planting a flag. No, chances are a lot of people have been there before you and the man with no and, name yeah. the equalizer the a-team jack yeah. reacher yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah in the show i i have yet to read the books but i want to at some point there but i've i've seen all the uh i, I believe all the seasons but the last the last one there and it it really is a very good uh show and and yeah it's the perfect example of the kind of science fiction i grew up you know wanting to write uh, based on you know the the inspired uh, the, the the inspiring examples you know and uh, and yeah it's it's perfect sits in perfect contrast to what i wanted to avoid which was the happy utopian stuff it's like yeah humans going to space is not going to solve our problems it's going to solve certain is issues it's going to help with some but we're still going to find ways to screw up and treat each other terribly and you know, generally just be awful. And, and my Garden View series on the emerging laws, policies, and the, whatever you want to call it, the the, the future of space, which you yeah. are, you know, you were on one show and you'll probably be on others. Um, before I move on to other stuff, has your book been written yet or are you still writing it? Oh, no, it, it, three books have been written. Um, yeah. I'm working well, on, what yeah. Titles? Well, the first one's called The Cronian Incident, and that refers to... Cronian means having to do with Saturn, right? Saturn is the Roman name uh, for Kronos. And so, yeah. So basically, uh, an incident happens on one of its moons and is being looked into. And of course, you know, through revealing a deep plot. Um, that is actually a similarity between uh, my my work in The Expanse, which was the, the detective, right? Or the detective story in it. Um, it uh, but, you know... That is that is a very universal thing I found. Uh, it, the idea that yes, something bad happens. Now we need to look into it, and that reveals this whole thing, this whole conspiracy or whatnot, or um, yeah, something that's going on here. And uh, second one is called the Jovian Manifesto. Jovian has to do with Jupiter's moons. Um, so yeah, it's like yeah, uh, people in response to the events in Book One. There's a manifesto released. And it, uh, yeah, it's got everybody on edge because of what it reveals. And the last one was called the Frog. So it, it should be confused with the Jovial Manifesto, which is when Santa Claus goes psychopathic and becomes Krampus. Uh, never heard of that. <laughs> I just I, I just made it up. Did you? Because I want to write that. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, and give also, you my, I give you my permission. Okay, um, yeah. the The last book is uh, is called the Frost Line Fracture. The Frost Line refers to the the boundary that's uh, right about where the asteroid belt falls, and it's like beyond that, um, 
yeah, the temperature drops substantially in the solar system. So you get more and more things that are made out of uh, out of ice. Um, uh, and you're uh, talking about the outer belt, not the Kuiper belt, right? Uh, the main, uh, yes, I'm talking about the main belt, yes, yeah, so which is right in there. Now, Kuiper belt is right at the edge, and um, yeah, it's a perfect example of how the, the frost line works, because like out there, nitrogen can freeze. You've got nitrogen ice, you've got methane ice, you've got all that. Closer in, you've got water ice, and uh, uh, yeah, methane and ammonia can still freeze there, but uh, not so nitrogen. Is hmm? the Oort cloud beyond the uh, the frost line? Oh, far, far beyond. Yeah, like yeah, the Oort cloud is the it extends so very, very far, and it's beyond the Kuiper belt. And yeah, it's uh, just a really, really big disparate cloud of objects. So the, so the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter is yes. the inner belt, and the Kuiper belt is the outer belt. Yeah, and. Okay. Yeah, and the frost line, by definition, is is right at the uh, the boundary of the asteroid belt because it's like anything within that. You've got rocky planets. If there's water, um, it it's either going to sublimate and disappear if if there's no atmosphere to protect it, um, or it's going to be in a liquid form on the surface if, in fact, uh, yeah, there's a, a decent enough atmosphere. And uh, yeah, and so. The that name there, the fracture, is basically everything the inner solar system, the outer solar system, right? It's, the battle line has been drawn right between them, and uh, yeah, <laughs> can't really say much more on that without giving giving stuff away. But those are yeah, those are on Amazon, um, and uh, the publisher uh, they're going to be republished in the near future because the publisher I, I've been using all this time had. Uh, uh, suffered some real setbacks due to the pandemic, but they're still going to be there one way or another. And um, yeah, I'm working on one right now, which sort of connects those books to future books I had planned. And it's called Traverse, and it's about a generation ship and how they're going through interstellar space and dealing with just about every every possible contingency that that can emerge because. Yeah, traveling through interstellar space in a big, massive ship because you don't have FTL, um, it's fraught with peril. <laughs> so much. Okay, it's not like the 100, so. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. You know, I, I actually really enjoy this. What, 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 I, I'm a small, petty man, so I mm -hmm. enjoy when someone who I think is objectively more knowledgeable than I am about space and science and being a writer yourself, you're probably objectively better about storytelling or at least organizational stories. So I enjoy that when my thought processes don't, you know, shock you and that you agree with some of them. It doesn't mean you have to observe them all, but that mm -hmm. I, that, that my confusion and my plot holes and my solutions are, are not, well, so out of space. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's good. So it validates, uh, you know, my self-proclaimed uh, level of near genius. Um, mm -hmm. But it, but it's good. And, and, uh, I'm almost happy that you didn't have so many takes that were there. They were different. I mean, it might've made for, you know, uh, you know, new insights or whatnot, but you know, I'm, I'm also glad that I got the show right, even where the show got itself wrong or at least within the, the realm of acceptable interpretation. So mm -hmm. that's cool. I'm giving myself a pat on the back there, but uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. I, well, you know, and I'd, I'd encourage that too, because it's like, um, no, yeah, there, there's, there's nothing really that separates uh, um, 
a person who has, you know, written something influential and a person who is, you know, intrigued by it and uh, sort of a fan of it. And it's like, you, you just got to apply your craft and uh, learn how to, how to the right and or best way for you to deliver that. And that's, that's something I learned uh, writing there. Cause I, 2017 was when uh, the, my first book was published. And, but I've been writing many, many, many years before that, trying to find, you know, trying to find my voice and such. So, yeah, it's like, it, it does start with the thought process and the questioning and trying to get into just the, the headspace of the story. And that, yeah, I've been doing that for many, many years and it, it finally paid off. <laughs> so now that we've gone through our, our uh, exposition of Battlestar Galactica, you think maybe you'd come back in a in a month or so and we can do it again on Babylon 5? Totally. All right. And Half then maybe one day I'll yes. catch up with the expanse. Yeah. And the uh yeah, in fact, uh Babylon 5 and uh well and the expanse too, especially some of the latter season stuff. It's definitely stuff I wanted I want to get into because um the Babylon 5 for sure, that's part of what inspired me to write in the first place there, just to have a the kind of ideas they got into and and, and i thought wow <laughs> and it, yeah it introduced I'm very, me i'm very excited so great yeah. we're definitely gonna do babylon 5 we i know in the past we talked about we'll do something about just science fiction you know generally sort of the evolution of it and mm -hmm. in that time it will buy me enough time to actually rewatch the first three seasons of the expanse and get caught up and mm -hmm. then we'll we'll plan that one and then from there maybe we'll figure out what our next thing but in the interim i'm, I'm sure i'll call upon you for something related to garden views but uh mm -hmm. yeah this was a lot of fun for me i hope it was a lot of fun for the audience if you mm -hmm. didn't watch battlestar galactica it probably wasn't but keep the episode watch battlestar galactica follow yeah. my advice if you like on the on the interim of watching it and then listen to the show again and and let me know what you think or let matt know what you think yeah. Um, you, you need to do this, people. You need to watch the show, okay? <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> and and help me, folks. If if I got something completely wrong or you have, you know, a different interpretation, you know, let me know. I'm talking to you, Jonah Goldberg, who who, who ignored my uh, my my DM and and isn't listening to the show anyway. And this will probably never get to him. But I know you. I know you love the show. And I love to joke the Cylons had a plan, but they didn't have a plan. And and we could have talked about it. Uh, with mm -hmm. a science fiction author, no less. Anyway, um, so thank you again. Uh, let the folks know where they can. I mean, obviously, they can Matt Williams, Amazon. They can find your three books. Uh, you've mm -hmm. got your podcast coming out. It's going to be, I think, what international uh, ITSP. Yeah, the uh, which stands for the intersection of technology and society. Um, also, yeah, the their original. Their working uh, title is that, uh, but the, the full-on title is uh, yeah, technology and cybersecurity, because um, they used to talk about that almost exclusively. But um, yeah, so ITSP Magazine is now a podcast channel with many, many hosts, many shows that deal with a huge variety of topics, and yeah, they asked me to come on as and to be their their space guy. Yeah. And you and you write for a couple of websites as well, Interesting Engineering and oh, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the other one already. Uh, Universe Today. Universe Today, and that's the one that's associated with uh, Fraser Payne, who uh, the Astronomy Cast is, is, is uh, his podcast with Dr. Pamela Gay. Very good Astronomy Cast. They're they're in, I, I, they're up to episode six hundred and forty six now, so it's not a it's not like a fly by night. They've been doing it for a long time. So oh yeah, and so I think it, that we. 
Go ahead, sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say, it was that show um, that uh, where Pamela Gay and Fraser were talking about relativity. That was what finally made relativity click in my mind because it's a very hard concept to, to explain in accessible terms. Um, but yeah, Einstein always said, if you can't explain something to an eight-year-old to the point that it would make sense to an eight-year-old, you don't get it yourself. So yeah, I decided, you know, game on. <laughs> and Einstein's theory, that's going to be my, my brass ring there. If I can explain that finally to an eight-year-old, then I know I understand. Well, you ex you explained it on Garden Views pretty well. So for those well, of you who want to hear Matt explain it, he did so on the episode of Garden Views in situ resource utility Utilize, utilization. Utilization, yeah. Well, it, it, I explained some of it there, but I would like to have a chance to give them the full the full brief because um, yeah. I'm afraid I will give you that chance. I not on this show, but I assure you, you will get that chance. Uh, we'll, we'll find one show where it, it's ready to do. That's probably more for garden. Well, it could be a lucky show. Anyway, uh, that's that's for me to worry about and, and you to enjoy when we do it. Uh, so again, I thank you very much, folks. Please rate and review. Give us five stars. Write a review. It really does help. Share with your friends. Uh, share with Facebook groups, your own Twitter groups, anyone who might be interested in sci-fi, science. Uh, just a podcast that's a little bit different, that has a variety. I like to think that the, the if you listen long enough, you can give up 19 podcasts because we're like 20 podcasts in one. Um, so anyway, thanks again to our guest. Thanks to my producer in the back there, Jimmy. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we, we have a special guest producer here, Jimmy T from uh, from Down Under. He's uh, right now, he's upside down and counterclockwise and he's in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, he already knows the show is going to be super. Um, thanks, folks. We will hear you next week on Garden of Doom. Those who believe that life here began out there, far across the universe, with tribes of humans who may have been the forefathers of the Egyptians, or the Toltecs, or the Mayans. Some believe that there may yet be brothers of man who even now fight to survive somewhere beyond the heavens. Camper is all packed, and away we go. Yay! We're going camping. Yes! We're going camping.
We're there, kids. Dad, we're in the backyard. High gas prices have you cutting back on driving? Great news from BJ's. Right now, members can save 50 cents per gallon with member appreciation gas savings. Just shop BJ's, spend $100 in club or with curbside pickup, then head over to BJ's Gas, where you'll save 50 cents per gallon. Not a member? Join today. Gas discounted purchases must be on the same day. To learn more, go to BJ's.com slash gas. Hey, have you tried Moe's Homewrecker yet? It's a fully loaded burrito, and it comes with this epic new guacamole. Yeah, you heard me. Guacamole. One bite, and you'll be saying, what the guac? Wait, hold up. I said that wrong. It's more like, what the Most Home Record Burrito is awesome. And yeah, it comes with guac. Welcome to Moe's.